All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, July 17th of 2023 here, back after the weekend here. Uh, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So first show of the week is always a good show. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, a show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can reach us one of three ways. You could send a question in via email to support at sabersim.com. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat, and you can post questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description below of this video here. You get access to the Office Hours channel, get access to our similar channels where you can see when lineups are released and sims run for that updated news, when players get scratched, we update those lineups, see when those sims kick off. Uh, you also get access to all of our individual sport channels where members of the community and the SaberSim team are talking DFS strategy each and every day, giving and taking feedback on DFS concepts. So an awesome place to hang out if you're looking for a community to join up into. But with that being said, uh, pulling up SaberSim, we have a 10-game MLB main slate today. And we also have the open major for PGA happening, uh, teeing off Wednesday night here. So a uh, Wednesday night tee off should be fun. You know, the majors are always a ton of fun. Looking forward to it myself. But with that being said, looking ahead to questions, I uh, have two questions in the Office Hours channel here. And we're going to knock through these and we will see where we go from there. But if anybody has any questions after the long weekend, now is the time to get those questions in. Okay, so this first question here, there's a screenshot in the Discord here, but basically uh, we started a newsletter. If you guys have not heard of it, um, we send out a newsletter every Sunday here, and we're calling it uh, Saber Sunday uh, newsletter here. So in the most recent newsletter that went out, there was a segment that said, uh, I'm going to be honest, the second half of MLB season can be tough. A lot of the casual money has dried up. Variance gets higher as teams know they don't have a shot this year and payout structures get top heavier. So this is where the question came from, that last sentence. And in regards to that sentence, the user wrote top heavier because the contests are a little smaller, but be, but they want to keep the big first place prize with a question mark. So, so yes, this is essentially it. Like if you were playing... Uh, we'll take the MLB DraftKings $15 flagship as an example here. At the beginning of the season, you know, you're seeing 100K to first prizes with 500K prize pools. And and that and those prize pools shrink as time goes on, less users playing. So the 500K prize pool becomes 400K prize pool. And then that becomes 350K prize pool. And then that probably becomes about 300K prize pool. And this entire time with this transition from a 500k prize pool to like a 300k prize pool, DraftKings is keeping that 100k to first. And, you know, their marketing, their ideas is that that 100k to first prize is what really drives users to play it, right? They really do not want to change that. Uh, the only time they really do change is like on the weekends or where we have these split slates where they're doing like 50k to first, 250k prize pool, something like that. But but for the most part, they don't want to change that. So all that does is make the contest top heavier as the season goes on, as more casual money 
moves on and and goes into different markets here. So that is what the question was in regards to here. It looks like you were uh, on the right track here, but happy to clarify that. All right. Next question here from Motown. Question says, is it favorable to adjust exposures pre-built or post-built? Post-built, I tend to get the exposure error message more often. If I adjust pre-built, does it affect what SaberSim wants to do? Okay, so great question here. And I believe this video just got released. So if you guys have not seen it yet, I recorded this video uh, four days ago here. So this video says uh, fixing common issues with SaberSim exposures. This six minute video basically walks through this exact problem. What do you do when you run into a can't meet exposures message, right? So uh, I'll, I'll cover what I went over in the video. This video is a lot cleaner, you know, scripted, hit all my key points here. So I might miss something, you know, just doing this live, but check out this video. This is a great video for if you're running into that problem here, but the gist of the video. So first thing that you want to do that we suggest here is if you are running into the can't meet exposures error message, the easiest thing to do is when you run into that message, you're going to get a pop-up that says send exposures to home or keep editing, right? So from there, you could hit send exposures to home. That is our number one suggestion. If you hit keep editing by accident or you wanted to see something else, you can use this little uh, arrow next to the search bar. And if you click on this arrow, it's going to give you the option to send projections, send exposures, send both. The reason it has send projections is because you can still manually edit your projections in the post build. So if you are coming in here, bumping guys up or down after the build runs, you can make sure that those get to the home screen by using the send projections. All your exposure adjustments that are causing the, the uh, pool to run out of lineups that do not meet your exposures. You can send those to the home screen and, and this is how you do it, right? So I would make my adjustments. I would send those to the home screen. Those would now be pre-built inputs here. And then we would account for that upfront. So that is one way to do it here. Um, and then from there, a second method that we suggest is, let's say that, you know, you're, for, for whatever reason, you really like Seattle tonight. You think Seattle is, uh, sneaky good play on this slate and you're just not getting to them a lot. They only have a four implied run total here coming to the home screen and making an adjustment to projections. I'd say like team total wise, you know, zero to 0 0.5 points is fine. Give them a half run boost here. This is going to help Saber Sim get to more of this team. And by adjusting the team total, what we're doing is we have, you know, thousands of Sims for this game, right? So when you say, Hey, I think the Seattle team total or run total here is actually 4.5 and not four. What we're going to do is, you know, we are randomly pulling from all of our Sims. We're going to reduce the number of Sims that we're able to pull from. So we are going to just exclude the lowest scores Seattle gets. So, so games where they get shut out games where they get zero points, we're just going to start eliminating those games from our available pool to grab sims from until the new team total matches what you've put here so we might get rid of you know say we have five thousand sims for the game 
we might get rid of 500 because in those Sims, Seattle scored zero runs, one run, two run. And we're just going to exclude those until we get the new team total to match the number that you put here. And then now when we go to randomly pull from those Sims, you're getting to a lot more Sims where Seattle scored higher. So that is how this works. This will also help you get to more um, Seattle players. And then also, you know, what you can do is you can adjust, you know, let's say just like you want to do a pitcher. You don't want to do an entire team here. You can just give these guys, I'd say anywhere from like um, 0.5 to like one point, right? So maybe I like Logan Webb. I'm going to give him a one point projection boost here, bump him from 16.2 to 17.2. And then that'll help me to get to more of him. So first option, you know, send exposures. Second option here, adjust projections. And then third option is that you could, you know, maybe you don't want to send them from home, right? You want to do this pre-build. What you can do is you can just set the exposures in the home screen, right? Before you even run the build, before you even get to the error message. Another thing here, maybe there's like a, um, maybe there are certain players that you know you want to get to, right? So you could create a group role. This kind of goes into our uh, core plays video here. So another video we released recently, we're, we're trying to get you guys some more content like related to these things, uh, how to use core plays with SaberSim, right? So check out this video if you're looking for how to use core plays. You have a group of players that you want to use, right? Um, one of those options is to build a group rule and then say, you know, use X from this group. So that'll help you to get some more plays that you want here. So what I would do is I would just come in here, go to, rule type group selection method manual use at least x right and then maybe i want to use uh let's do batters so maybe i want to use you know i'm gonna pick maybe there's three batters that i really like and a couple batters that i like a little less i'm gonna put all six of them in a group and then i'm gonna say use at least three the reason i like to oversize my group role here is that this gives sabersim a little bit of flexibility to figure out okay from these players who who fits best to the Sims, right? So if I had only three players in this rule and I said use at least three, what happens is that we build your lineups based on the Sims, right? But when we go to put the lineup into your pool, the lineup has to pass this rule and the lineup and the rule is going to stop the lineup and say, hey, you know, this lineup does not match this rule. You know, we're going to have to alter this lineup and then it's going to alter the lineup to make sure that it has the pieces that you want. With six players, you know, with a little bit bigger of a uh, group than the number of players that you're requesting to be used, this gives a builder a little more flexibility where it says like, hey, you know, these three guys fit these sim outputs a little better in this, you know, lineup. And then, you know, these other three guys can can work a little better in the next lineup that we build. So this gives the builder a little more flexibility. I, I like doing this. Something that we've talked about is taking the plays that you like running a build, seeing the plays that Saber Sims likes, and then putting them all together. Uh, so you're getting like some of the best exposure Saber Sim guys, some of your core plays, putting those together in a group role and then letting Saber Sim figure out how to work those guys all in together, right? So that's another way I like here. And then one, one of the last ways we talked about for the send exposures message, let's say that, you know, you're coming in here, you're following a lot of our advice about getting diverse, right? You're, you're maxing out min uniques here. And we'll just see what the max is. So I'm at 208. I could maybe get to eight here. Okay, so I can get to 
a mini Nika bait, I get 20 lineups, right? But I'm already down at lineup 428. So basically, if you do this, what you're doing is you are shrinking your effective pool size, uh, number of lineups that you can pool from or you can you can use from the pool shrinks because of this mean unique requirement, right? So any any further adjustments from here are going to be really hard for Sabersim to meet. And I can just like show you guys what that looks like. Uh, maybe I want to get rid of five one one ones. I don't want to play those. And I also don't want to play four stacks. Get rid of my four threes. Get rid of my three twos. And maybe I want to play some more five threes, right? I'm just trying to get to this message. Okay, so when I get to this message, right, what I'm going to do, this is the last option. We say keep editing here. And what I can say, so so a couple things here. One, Sabersim is going to tell you how many lineups it can meet. We're saying, hey, you know, if you only want 10% max exposure to five threes, I can't do that, but I can do 15% five threes, but you're also going to have to get 10% of five one one ones. And I had previously put my max exposure to zero for that. So what I could do is I can meet Sabersim halfway and say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm fine with your suggestion here. And then boom, error message goes away, right? So that's great. But then let's say that, no, I don't want to do that. Second option, you know, you see error message come error message comes back. If I remove this, error message comes back on the bottom here. What I can do is I can increase my available pool of lineups by trading diversity for the exposure requests that I want. So at this point, I'm at this intersection and say, hey, you know, which way do I want to go? Do I want to go back to the home screen and go left? Do I want to meet Sabersam halfway and continue on with this build and go straight? Uh, you know, or do I want to trade diversity for Minuniques and go right or something like that, right? You're, you're, you have a couple of decisions at your disposal. So in this case, I'm going to decide, hey, you know, if I lower my Minuniques from eight to seven, you know, do I now have enough lineups that can meet the exposure requests? that I'm asking for. And, and if you're you guys are, you know, watching the video version of this and not the audio, we lowered it from eight to seven and the error message went away and the exposure requests that I made are now being honored here. So I've effectively increased the number of lineups that I can use. And therefore Saberson was able to, to find a match for what I want. So those are your options here. Send exposure to the home screen is going to be the easiest projection adjustments to guide the builder in the direction that you want to go and help the builder understand the plays that you think are going to be better. And then, you know, three here is trading diversity for your exposures. And then also, you know, you can use that kind of in tandem with some of the core plays concepts as far as using min, min exposures, using group rules, right? A couple different ways to uh, work in some of the plays that you want to use. So I think those two videos go really hand in hand together here. And, um, I would, I would, uh, watch those. They're very short. We're calling these videos. There's a playlist called coaches corner. So these are just kind of like quick hitter videos on one specific topic here related to, uh, issues and, and learning, right? So coaches corner here, got a couple videos with the exposures, 
we released one talking about saber score for MMA DFS. There's two saber scores, when to use each one. We have some other videos lined up here that I think you guys are really going to like. So be on the lookout for those videos. You can always turn notifications on for our channel. It'll tell you when new videos get released. All right. Uh, ooh, couple couple long questions here while I was talking there came in the Discord. So I'm going to hit these here. We're going to hit this next one from John Stanger. And John said, quick question for you regarding adding exposures in the post build. I've noticed recently that if you add a min exposure, even if the exposure requirement is already met, you can still sometimes end up with a big change in exposure. For instance, I might have a player at 25% exposure and then add a min exposure of 20%. After I apply it, I have seen some cases that player exposures bumping up to 40 to 50% and might have a bigger effect in sports with smaller player pools like NASCAR. If you then clear them in exposure and player, the player doesn't go back to their exposure prior to adding the change. It's not really a big issue since I can just add a max exposure if the bump is too much, more so just slightly unexpected. But I was just curious if you had noticed this before or had any thoughts on this. Uh, yes. So I could definitely talk about this one. So so this is this this concept's a little over my head, but I I understand the bare bones of it. The problem is, um, well, basically what is happening is that when you're putting in a an exposure request, the way that the logic is set up on the back end with with the code and everything behind the scenes is that we really want to prioritize your exposure adjustments here. So um, even though you're already getting twenty five exposure. To somebody if you go and set 25 exposure to somebody sometimes that can cause an increase in their exposure so i just did it for alex verdugo he was at 25 percent exposure i put a min exposure of 25 percent, and he actually moved up to 30 percent. so this has to do with the way that we um tell the builder that your exposure requests come first and foremost no matter what uh so that that is why that happens and then similarly if you if you have auto apply exposures turned off and you reset this exposure, it's not going to change. But if you go in their max exposure column, turn change it's it's currently 100. Just change it to 99 and hit apply and then they will go back to the exposure that they were previously at. This is just like a bug where um because there's no for, for whatever reason, the little refresh from 25 back to zero and the individual like cell here is not activating the auto apply, um, the apply button to, to get turned on, but changing the number from 100 to 99, the builder, the, the builder registers that as a change and then will turn on the little notification. So if you have auto apply turned on, you can see that it's green up at the top and then I hit the reset, then it will automatically do it for you. So in this case, Verdugo went from 30 back to 25. So some weird thing where auto apply exposures is turned off. If you use the cell reset, it will not activate the apply button. But if auto apply is turned on, you use the cell reset, it will automatically do that for you there. So that is why that is happening. Um, I hope that, you know, this explanation helps you to figure out you know, what, what, what best use cases you have in this scenario next time it happens. Okay. 
Um, two questions from Sammy here. Question one says, when using GeoMean, regardless of the sport, pre-build or post-build, what are the advantages or disadvantages of using it each way? Also, where's the review bu mode button uh, gone basically here? Okay. And then looks like there's a second question here related to PGA. I'm going to hit this one next. But but good question here. So when using GeoMean, regardless of the sport, pre-build or post-build, what are the advantages or disadvantages? Okay. So the disadvantages of using it pre-build is that it can have more of an effect on the sim outputs here. And that's a fact that's especially important for sports where you're going to need an optimal twin MMA, NASCAR, NBA showdown, NFL showdown, right? So the great thing about Saber Sim is that we are simulating the games to get you these game scripts, right? Uh, from, from the Sims, we take one Sim and then we simulate out the game, and then we build the optimal lineup based on that one game, right? We're not using average projections. We're not, we understand player range of outcomes. We don't assume all players are normally distributed because they're not, right? So those are all the great things. By putting in a GL mean rule up front here, even if we build the game script and we build the optimal lineup, if that lineup is over your GL mean threshold, we have to go into the lineup and alter the lineup to to now get under the GeoMean threshold that you set. So that's that's one way to use it as a pre-build rule, but that is one of the negatives of using it as a pre-build rule. If you do it post-build here, which you can do on the on the pro plan, what you can do is you can create a custom metric that looks that looks like this here. And it's my own product GeoMean value here. And I just named it GeoMean. You save this as a custom metric. Once you save that as a custom metric, it now becomes a filter here that you can filter by or it becomes an option in the filter dropdown. So all of your custom metrics will be in the filter uh, dropdown here. I could click on it and then I could filter my lineups accordingly because it is now a summary statistic as part of my set here. So that is one of the great reasons to use it on the pro plan because now using it in the post build, the lineups are already built. We are just taking our pool and we are splitting it up and we are moving some lineups to the trash saying, hey, we don't want to use these. We want to use lineups under the geo mean that were already built using the Sims and then just play those. So there's this big distinction, I would say, between like large classic slates and slates where you're going to need an optimal lineup to win. So on the large classic slates, I'm trying to build a lot of lineups and get as diverse as possible. And I want my effective pool to be as big as possible for me to get as diverse as possible, right? But in Showdown, in some of these other formats, I'm trying to take this pool of lineups and I'm trying to weed out the lineups I don't want to play and only play the lineups that I think um, have the best chance of winning and, and have the least chance of being duplicated, right? That's kind of the whole reason for using a GeoMean formula is because when you win, you want to win as much of the first place prize as possible, right? So that is the reason for using a GeoMean filter in the first place. So, so we're trying to sift through that pool, find the lineups that you want to take with you into your contest. So it works a little bit differently in that one small nuance there. 
And then as far as uh, where review mode went, um, not 100% sure here. Uh, one thing is that if you do not have a CSV loaded up, it will not be here. Um, if you see actuals on your slate, then review mode should be there. So one, make sure you have a CSV loaded. Two, make sure on the home screen that there is an actuals column. And then if both of those things are present and you're still not seeing it, whenever you guys run into an issue and you're having trouble figuring out what's going on, go to the settings drop down in the top right, go to report a problem, write a brief description in the pop-up text box and let us know what's going on. Click submit, and then that goes straight to our support team. And then from there, we can figure out whatever's going on and help you troubleshoot from there. So that is always a big help to us. Using that button gives us a lot of information about your session, and, and we can see what the issue is. Okay, second question from Sammy. This says, also notice when I was using uh, S, maybe... SA for PGA Saberson projections cannot be bumped up or down. Only my projection was that a new update and if doing by my projections now will still have the same effect as it was before. Okay. Um, also notice when I was using SA for PGA. I don't know exactly what SA is here, but if you are on the home screen here, Maybe this was supposed to be like save or something like that. So if you guys are not aware, you can make manual adjustments. If you're on the pro plan, we have the option to save projection sets and ownership sets. So you can, you know, bump guys up and down, you know, green, blue, green, blue, whatever. And then when you hit this save source icon, you can save these projections. You can name them whatever you want here. And then it will create a new column called mock P, which is what I put mock projections here. And then I can go over to my sources here. I can make mock projections my source. What it's going to do is going to move the projections from mock P into my projections. So just remember, whatever is in the my projection column, this is what SaberSim is using when we go to build your lineups. So even though it's gray now, that is because it is using the saved file that I saved here. So you should be able to, you know, move up and down, make adjustments as necessary. And then for any player that you didn't adjust, we will just take their Saberson projection and then insert it. So maybe you only have opinions, you know, about eight to 10 people, but there's, you know, 60 available players in your player pool. Uh, we're just going to copy over the Saberson projections for the other 50 players that you did not adjust here. So, Sammy, if if I didn't answer your question, just let me know, and I'm happy to get back to you here. Uh, just might need a little clarification from you on that one. And then uh, John said, gotcha, yeah, I figured it was just a priority thing. Uh, regarding to the exposures from earlier, yes, that is exactly what it is. And then question from Ryan here. It's our last question in the Discord. I see one other question from Ryan in the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. Ryan said in the Office Hours channel, I think using mini uniques is especially important on owner's box and SaberSim doesn't have ownership. You will naturally get some diversity on FanDuel and Yahoo, even without using mini uniques because of ownership. But on owner's box, you will get 100% of stacks, especially if it's a Coors game, LOL. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you here. And, and the reason for that, right, is because you are taking 
the saber score metric and basically like uh, subtracting a variable, right? So if we go and look at our saber scores, these are going to be the same for DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, etc. here and and owner's box. So if we look at the saber score, it's some projection plus 99th percentile plus average adjusted ownership, right? These these two variables, some projection and 99th percentile, they're not ex- they're not, you know, um double counting per se here, but they are correlated, right? So I I would say that, you know, it's safe to say that, you know, higher projected plays are probably going to have you know, higher 99th percentiles here. It's when we start to mix these teams together with stacks and different combinations, right? That that the the lineup percentiles really come into play. But I think, you know, once that's all said and done, this average adjusted ownership really has an effect on figuring out like, hey, you know, the the sum projection in the 99th percentile loves the Yankees and Coors but the Yankees are really high owned. And then this negative average adjusted ownership really comes in and evens the playing field for all of the lineups in your pool. So without that ownership, without that negative weight on average adjusted ownership, uh, you're just going to get to like a lot of, of the higher projected plays with higher upside. And you're just going to get to a lot of them, like these 100% stacks that you're talking about. So I agree with you. We definitely do want to bring ownership projections to owner's box eventually here it's been uh very interesting with you know not a lot of other um what's the word i'm looking for like like dfs content science you know really pushing their players to play on owner's box and you know the field is is very erratic or irrational is probably a better word here all right jumping over to youtube ryan said i played the 222 on fanduel before i entered the 5 cent 150 max or the 25 cent 20 max it's a 25 max versus a 150 max for the other two contests and also it's only 5k entries which means way less variance than 50k and 150k contests yeah no you're definitely right that you know although the piggy bank is is a great contest you know you're you're even even with you know the contest not filling even with the contest being softer it still takes a lot of time for you to uh, mathematically, you know, win that contest, right? Even if you have a big edge, just because the contest is so large, right? So it makes sense, you know, to mix in some of these smaller field contests. That's really what our DFS profit plan preaches here is to have a mix of these contests where they are, you know, your single entries and your three maxes are going to be these smaller field contests where the amount of times you win, you know, is, is, a uh, much more attainable, much more achievable in a, in a season here, right? So these happen more frequently. So this is balancing these two things, these large field contests with these uh, big prizes and then these smaller field contests and figuring out, you know, how to smooth out the variance while still growing your bankroll, right? That's That's really all we're trying to do here is put you in the best position to do that. And that is what our research found, right? So if you guys aren't familiar with it, on our YouTube channel, there's a video, Start Winning More with our DFS Profit Plan. It's a 17-minute video here. It summarizes a five-part Behind the Sim series talking about all the backtesting that we did, Eric specifically on our models team, to come up with this DFS Profit Plan and help our users exercise better contest selection going forward. So, Ryan, I definitely hear you. And I would, um, for anybody you know not familiar with this video, I would definitely check it out and apply it to your own DFS play. 
All right. Uh, we are all caught up with questions at the moment here. While we wait for any last questions to come in, just want to remind you guys, if you guys aren't playing over on Owner's Box, I would highly recommend taking advantage of it. Like we kind of said here, uh, we partnered with Owner's Box at the beginning of the MLB season. We were the first major optimizer to support their platform here. They're an up-and-coming site where they are, you know, sizing up their contest, trying to grow, which ultimately leads to overlay, right? Uh, overlay is where the contest doesn't fill even past the rake. So they are essentially paying you to play. Your $5 entry becomes worth $6 once the contest starts because not enough people filled, uh, filled up the contest, right? So one, you can find contests where they're paying you to play, no rate contests, reduce rate contests. Those are percentage points that you do not have to earn back. If you are playing on DraftKings, you're paying 15% rake most of the time. You have to win that 15% back just to break even. And then you have to win additional, uh, you know, have, have a higher ROI to finally start to see some profit, right? So playing on sites where you can find overlay, reduce rake, et cetera, is an awesome place to start and going to help you to win faster. Competition is also going to be softer than what you're going to find on DK, FanDuel, Yahoo. And if you use promo code SABER or SABERSIM when you sign up, one, you can get up to a $500 deposit bonus. Two, we will track your entry fees for you, and you will you can earn free months of SABERSIM just by playing on the site and nothing else. So each time you hit one of these prize tiers, we will reach out to you, tell you, hey, you've uh, earned a free month of SABERSIM. Do you want to cash in on that prize? If you cash in, we will reset your tracking to zero and you will automatically start earning towards your next free month. There is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn while this promotion lasts. And if you're looking for this signup page, it is linked in the description of this video. Ryan said, uh, yeah, the $5 hasn't been close to filling. And, and you're going to see that, you know, for, probably for a while here, right? I'm really excited for uh, what we're going to see in NFL season, right? I think that they're probably going to make a big push. So we might see some really good contests come NFL season. I know Yahoo was running that. Um, it was like a, a purposeful overlay contest for a while for their flagship. They were just, they were just pumping in like 20% of the prize pool as like automatic overlay. And that was awesome. Right. So I don't know what they're going to do here, but I think that the contests are only going to get bigger once NFL comes, once NBA comes and uh, taking advantage of this site. Well, you know, while a lot of the sharks are, away not playing on the site is probably one of the best things you can do all right we got a question here from franklin question says how do you use geomean post build if you're not on the pro plan in showdown so the answer is you can't so the answer is that if you're on the standard plan you know you're gonna have to set the geomean rule which is okay you know which is totally fine but if you want to take your game to the next level if you want to take the next step up then you have to use it on the pro plan and then create the custom metric and then use the filters from there so the custom metrics is a pro plan feature so that's how you get access to that but all right everybody uh we are all caught up with questions here gave a couple of last calls here so i think we're going to call it for the day here you guys are building lineups throughout the day question pops in your head drop it in the office hours channel drop it in the stream link as well you guys can go on our youtube channel these streams are set up for the week uh you can click on the link for tomorrow go in the chat drop your question in and then all that does is just get us a steady queue of questions to get started with on our next show i always appreciate it gets the show rolling while people come in tune in and get more questions uh flowing right so Appreciate you guys tuning in. Until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.